0: Healing Conversations About Mental Illness.
1: Season three of this podcast is sponsored by the Charles E. Kubli Foundation, which supports efforts to reduce the stigma of mental illness. We are solely responsible for podcast content.
0: Hi, Terry. Hello, Bridget. Today we're doing part two of a two-part series, and I just want to review a little bit of last week because it was such an amazing opportunity to hear both sides of a life-saving story Mm -hmm. and we had uh neil and johnny and they're both in england and at the last episode johnny had decided that he was gonna join neil and um go to a cafe and warm up and and not jump off of a bridge right now and in that comfort that they had found in each other and in that much better feeling place that they had established all of a sudden the police enter it's all it's all chaotic and fast and johnny's taken away to the hospital
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and neil went to work and then
1: we pick it up in part two we start this episode with a question that i've often wondered about but never had the opportunity or permission to ask as you can tell, I was a little nervous about it. Were you, um, oh God, I don't know how to ask it. No, it's okay. You can. You, I, I mean, I, it's not, I can't even come up with the words, no, no, but no, were, you, were you like regretful that he had changed your mind after you ended back up in that situation that you found so unacceptable?
2: No, it's a really good question. I think initially, do you know, it was, I think initially because it was distressing, you know, yes. the way that, not to blame the police, but really felt very angry for, for a few hours. I was like, actually things have got worse. Eventually, I was taken back to the hospital that I ran away from, but I felt different. I felt, you know, I think I had some hope. I think just from talking to this guy, I had some hope that there was there was some light out there. You know, the hospital hadn't changed. Everyone around me was still really unwell, and, and you know, that hadn't changed, but something in me had changed.
1: But because this is a real story of a real human's mental health crisis, that change wasn't a cure or a quick fix. But it was a turning point.
2: I'm not you know, I'm not gonna lie, it's a, it's a, you know, the, the the incident on the bridge, it, it changed things for me. It gave me it gave mm-hmm. me hope. But it still took I'm gonna say it took most of my mid twenties to really come to terms with, mm-hmm. you know, my, my illness and you know, really get help for it and the trouble was I just I didn't wanna I didn't want to accept it. I didn't want to accept it. I stopped taking my medication and that was a big mm-hmm. problem. You know, I stopped taking my meds and I became unwell again. In my mid-20s, that's when things changed. And there was actually something that happened. That, there was an incident that happened that changed everything.
1: Now, for a podcast created to promote healthy, healing conversations about mental health, Johnny and Neil's story is an embarrassment of riches. Johnny's about to tell us about another conversation, more honest, caring, sharing, that brought him to a new level of recovery and healing. This was when a close friend of his suffered a heart attack.
2: I went to see him and we sat down and we talked for ages uh, he talked to me about you know everything he'd gone through he sat there and he talked to me with this honesty and this frankness and this um openness and i i said to myself why can't i do this you know why can he talk so confidently and openly and not be embarrassed and it really bothered me it really bothered me that he he could and i couldn't and so um so what I did is I made a little video on my on my phone. I made a video and I put it on YouTube mm-hmm. um, under a different name. It was amazing. I, I, I put it out, out there and I got all these comments from people. Basically, I just I realized I'm not alone. And I think that was a big thing for me, you know, talking and accepting. And actually, you know, I actually asked for help and said I do need therapy. And, you know, engaging with therapy and, you know, uh, eventually taking meds as well. I think I, I, I finally got back on track and... And when I really got back on track, that's when I decided to launch the campaign to find this guy.
3: It was six years later, and a distant memory um, from that day. And uh, completely by surprise, my fiance calls me up. Because she was one of the only people that I spoke to about that that conversation. And she was like, oh my God, oh my God. Neil, I think the guy that you spoke to on the bridge all those years ago is looking for you. Uh, So I was like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And... um, so there was a campaign out, and I had absolutely no idea that this campaign was, like, viral, like, on Twitter, on Facebook, on social media. Uh, it was trending around the world, but I hadn't seen I, like, personally, I what hadn't was it seen called? it. It was called the Find Mike campaign, so it was hashtag Find Mike. So he thought my name was Mike, <laughs> which wasn't, uh, obviously, the best start <laughs> to the campaign, I don't think that would have made a difference if he'd have called it fine nil because I, n- I never spoke to anybody about the conversation really. So nobody apart from my family would have been able to, you know, connect the dots.
1: But an amazing thing happened. A number of other people did connect the dots in a way that sort of connects us all.
3: Actually, quite a few people came forward in the Find My campaign who genuinely thought it was them. 38 people
2: came forward saying, I think I think I might have been the one that helped oh. you on the bridge, um, which was incredible. You know, we just thought that one person, this one oh. stranger that helped me would come forward, but 38 people.
1: So 38 other men had helped a stranger yeah. who was yeah. also a male on that mm-hmm. bridge and had never mm-hmm. acknowledged mm-hmm. it. Wow. Yeah. And then there would be women involved in some of the yeah. others, you'd hope. So that's, that's
2: amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it? I, I just, I wow. still can't believe it to this day you know just we we call them we call them um all these silent heroes that they're, they're these silent heroes like like neil that you know helped someone in distress and then just went on their way and i just think that's amazing so heartwarming
3: and we know through that campaign that a lot of people in london have stopped somebody jumping off a bridge and then gone about their day and just got on with it it was just interesting that my i got to know how my story ended
2: you know, just what he did that day was uh, just extraordinary. And not just for me, but my family as well, actually, my family and, and, and my friends, you know, they they also had a, a huge debt to pay this man.
1: And now all of us, by the way, you know, everyone you're helping. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And the impact on my life from that conversation has also been, I would say, as equally profound As uh johnny has found it as well so now we're on this journey together a journey that's led me to this podcast giving voice to depression because that's what i do i feel so passionately about it now and i've met so many people who have struggled and didn't don't need to struggle because half the battle is being able to to be open and talk but um unfortunately there's so much stigma people take their lives so we're just trying to do our part to you know to stop that happening
1: Given the fact that you had never before had a conversation about mental health and certainly were not trained to do so, what enabled mm-hmm. you or inspired you to stop and put yourself in that position to help Johnny?
3: Because um, I've thought about it a lot. And I think um, I think I had a lot of positive role models in my life. And even though we didn't talk about mental health growing up, I was very much encouraged to just kind of do what felt right, regardless of what people thought. You know, we've all got somewhere to be and uh, we've all, we're all trading off a sacrifice, aren't we? Like, you know, if I help this person, I'm going to be late or I'm going to, you know, lose a bit more money or something like that. Or, But um, it feels nice. Sometimes it's just nice just to, just to make a sacrifice. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a nice feeling. And I think we should do it more often. Uh, I try to. But when somebody is in a real uh, crisis point that they might actually do something dangerous – you don't have to get involved. You don't have to walk up to them, but you can do something. You know, you can call the police, or you know, you can hang around and make sure they're safe, or you could ask somebody else to, to come and you know help you go and speak to them. You know, you don't you don't have to tackle it alone. So there's always something you can do. Don't kind of expect
2: anyone to stop because it's um, it's a big city, and you know you see people all the time that are unfortunately you know maybe unwell or. Um, who were who are in, in crisis, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, people sort of become immune to it, sadly. Mm-hmm. I was uh, incredibly lucky, incredibly lucky to find, in the middle of London, you know, in this, in this bridge, this, 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 incredibly, this incredibly compassionate and kind
3: mm-hmm.
2: and patient stranger.
3: You know, just sharing your, your troubles and your vulnerabilities with somebody can be so profound... In just knowing that you're not alone and you're not the only person out there going through this. Because I think so many people think that they, you know, whatever they're experiencing is their own problem. Nobody else could be be thinking what they're thinking. And that's just not the case. I'm so
1: glad you made yourself a friend that day and that he's around to enjoy uh, your good heart and that he was able to recover.
3: Well, yeah, well, me too, because now he's like my best friend and, you know, I know his family really well and he knows my family. He'll be babysitting my children, you know oh, what I mean? I like, just so, love so, it. So I just love it.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your story.
0: Neil and Johnny now work together as mental health and hope advocates, truly making a difference in the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it all started when one human heard another
1: human's cry for help and answered, Mm, it really uh, it is an astonishingly touching story i there are times i get shivers there are times i want to cry there are times i'm so proud of humans i mean it really impacted me there are so many amazing lessons in neil and johnny's story that it's hard to end these episodes but there was one more thing i wanted to share before signing off it's just the concept of a hero and whether or not you save someone's life and i presented the question to johnny
2: yeah, I, I think people people save their own lives. I mean, people 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 they do. They they you know it takes such courage. It takes such courage to. Do, do you know I'm I'm saying that because Neil Neil says that about that whole situation. He says, you know, Johnny, you did it yourself, and you know, so now I. No, I get it. Kind of. Yeah, you know, like because it does. It I could have easily. It kind of was for me. I I could have easily just taken that Certainly. step forwards and into the river. You know, but I guess no. It was something in me. It was it was a, some courage and determination in me. You know, uh, clicked into place, and and I said no. I'm going to give it another chance. And it is. It's it's only you can do that yourself. So yeah, people say themselves, but I think you know you give them hope. You know, you give them hope, and you know I think that's the we always talk about hope. Myself and Neil, we talk about hope, and hope is. Uh, So underestimated. The hope that you can give people really is underestimated, I think.
1: Wow. Hope is so underestimated. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. Maybe we don't even go into it trying to save someone if we're in that situation. Maybe we go into it just genuinely trying to give them some hope. And then, you know, as he said, the the choice at that point is theirs. So thank you to both Johnny and Neil for sharing their incredible story with us. And they're just starting to come to the U.S. and tell it. In fact, they were in New York this week, and that's the first time they've been here. So hopefully we will help them um, find an audience for their story here. Great. We hope that our podcasts
0: bring about a little more understanding or help people articulate their experience of depression a little more. And thanks to each and every person who's digging deep and finding the words and finding the courage to give voice to depression.
1: And you can find our podcasts on our website, givingvoicetodepression.com, as well as on iTunes, where we hope you will subscribe, rate, and respectfully comment. And please remember, if you're hurting, speak up.
0: If someone else is hurting, listen up.